Welcome to this episode of the Bible Readers Podcast. In this episode, we'll be reflecting on the second era of salvation history, the era of the patriarchs, which takes place in Genesis chapter 12 through 50. And we'll briefly recap those stories, focus on some of the lessons gathered along the way. If you're not subscribed already, go ahead and subscribe to the Bible Readers Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss out on any of our episodes on the eras of salvation history. I'm so glad you're joining us today, and uh, we hope you'll follow along on this journey through Scripture. The era of the patriarchs covers the second portion of the book of Genesis from Genesis chapter 12 to Genesis chapter 50. And this story covered first the life of Abraham and then tracks his descendants. So that's where I want to begin my reflections today with the story of Abraham. And I don't think I'm overstating this when I say that the story of Abraham is one of the most important narratives in the Bible. In fact, I think it kind of serves as a table of contents to much of the rest of scripture. And here's what I mean. The core of this story, at the core of this story, is this threefold promise that's given to Abraham, that God would give him a great nation, a great land, and that through Abraham's descendants, all the world would be blessed. So these promises are going to outline the following eras of salvation history. So first, what do you need in order to have a great nation? Well, you need land. And when God makes this promise into a covenant in Genesis 15, this is what God says to Abraham. He says this, On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your descendants I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, the Canaanites, the Kadmonites, the Hittites, the Parasites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. How and through whom will this promise be fulfilled? Through Moses, who is the main character of the next era of salvation history. Through Moses, God will deliver his people from slavery in Egypt to give them the promised land of Israel. The second promise is the promise of a great name. Now, as we talked about in the episode on Abraham's life, this does not mean that God is going to make Abraham famous. Instead, it means that through Abraham's lineage, God will bring about a kingly dynasty. Think about how dynasties have a name the Habsburg dynasty or the Han dynasty. In the scriptures, this promise will be fulfilled by King David, who will have the most powerful and longest lasting dynasty in Israelite history. This occurs in the fourth era of salvation history, the era of the royal kingdom, and it's recorded in the books of Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles. And the final promise given to Abraham is the promise of a universal blessing. God promises that through Abraham, all the world will be blessed. This promise looks forward, of course, to the story of Jesus Christ, who will bring about universal redemption through the sacrifice of himself, a sacrifice which amazingly takes place in the same place that Isaac, Abraham's son, is almost sacrificed. And this is, to me, where the Bible really can be an amazing 
book to read because in the first verses of the New Testament, written about 2,000 years after the life of Abraham, we read this in the Gospel of Matthew. The, it, Matthew begins like this. It says, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. The story of Jesus is the culmination of the story of Abraham. In fact, all three promises given to Abraham are actually really fulfilled in Christ. You see, Jesus is the one who will bring us into the promised land of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is the everlasting king who will reign forever on his throne. And through Jesus, all the world is blessed with the offer of salvation through the forgiveness of sin. You see, the Bible is a continuous story of salvation. That's why I keep referring to this term salvation history. That is the history of the unfolding of God's plan of salvation. And the scriptures record exactly how that plan unfolds. So if we read it, we can come to know how God wants us to live. And not only that, but we can see the immense love of the Father for the world unveiled throughout all of history. So remember those promises, those three promises given to Abraham throughout the rest of your reading of scripture, because they'll provide a framework for the rest of the Bible. And that promise that is given to Abraham, Abraham passes on to his sons. So Abraham passes on the promise to Isaac, who will in turn pass it on to his second born son, Jacob. Think about that for a minute. I think that here we see another theme of Genesis. That God is working humanity back towards himself gradually. It doesn't occur simply in a single story. Salvation history is the story of the whole Bible. And it takes the whole Bible for it to fully unfold. This is a key principle of understanding the revelation of God. That it is gradual it takes time, and that it is completed in Christ. And this comes straight from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The revelation of God to man is a slow and slowly building project. God doesn't simply reveal who he is and what his plan is to humanity. He further and further reveals his divine nature to mankind. And just like that the promise that is given to Abraham is veiled in its fulfillment. What will it really mean when Abraham becomes a great nation, receive a great name, and that through him all the world will be blessed? Well, we don't really know until we read the rest of Scripture. And that is the process of God's revelation. So it's important to note that this process is a gradual pro process that will ultimately find its completion in the person of Jesus Christ, son of Abraham. And that's kind of what Matthew is getting at when he opens up his gospel with the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Is What he's saying is that revelation that God began so long ago, revealing himself to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and, and the rest of the characters of the Old Testament, that project that God began in revealing himself is finally coming to its fulfillment. In the story of Jacob and Esau, next, we see another story of strife between brothers. 
and between two very flawed young men. But we see how God works in the life of Jacob to bring him closer to the man God has created him to be. You see, God created us. He knows that we are men and women on a journey like Abraham and Jacob. Our lives are filled with strife and conflict and love and joy and fear. And those lives are woven into the story of God. And in the story of Jacob, we see how God weaves together this development of forgiveness and ultimately the completion of God's providence. And that, to me, is the ultimate theme of Genesis, God's providence. The reason I think this is that it's how the story of Genesis concludes with the story of Joseph. And in in Joseph's story, we see this outworking of the providence of God. Joseph is sold into slavery, and as a result of that slavery, the family that God chose at the beginning of the story of the patriarchs is saved. Through means that no one could have predicted, through people who no one could have seen coming, God works a wonder of salvation to bring about the rescue of Jacob and his family. And finally, after Jacob dies and Joseph's brothers come back pleading to him forgiveness, Jacob says this line that I want to read to you again. I uh, highlighted this in our episode on the story of Joseph. Uh, Joseph says this. He says, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Human action, though often evil and vindictive and hateful, still is woven into the providential plan of God to bring about salvation. And I think that statement by Joseph is a great summary of the doctrine of divine providence. And that is a doctrine that is often very difficult to accept for us. It is extremely difficult to see how in the midst of our own pain and suffering, God could possibly be working it toward good. But the story of Joseph is there to show us how it can be. Now, I want to say this about providence and suffering. The stories that we hear about men like Joseph serve to build our trust in the providence of God. Uh, I think that most of the time, we don't clearly see how our suffering could be used by God, but sometimes we do. And in the times that we do, and in the stories of others that we hear where that happens, Those things are meant to build our faith in times when we cannot see concrete ways that God is working. But I urge you to remember this. In the eternal plan of God, he is working all things toward his glory and man's salvation, even when we cannot see it. And I think, again, we talk about the the salvation history being culminated and fulfilled in Christ. We see the most in serious act of evil committed, the killing and the murder of God's son, we see that in that moment, even there, God is working toward the salvation of man. And that's the final point I want to make about the story of Genesis as a whole. The, this origin story of the Christian faith is a profoundly deep story 
contemplation on the nature of God, man, sin, suffering, pain, and strife. Don't read it merely as an elementary fairy tale. The author of Genesis is pondering the same questions we are pondering. Why do we suffer? Why is there so much evil in the world? Why is there strife between those who should love one another? And and many, many more questions. And the answers to these questions are not provided in a didactic, catechism-style statement. They are given to us in a story, a story that invites us to dive deep and ask profoundly human questions and ponder to the answers to those questions ourselves. Genesis is packed full of questions and answers. And if we steep ourselves in the story and the language of scripture, we will more and more find ourselves swept away by the great mystery of salvation history. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of the Bible Readers Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please consider sharing this podcast with someone you know who wants to read the Bible for themselves. Also, please consider leaving us a review and a rating on whatever podcast app you use. Next time, we will begin the story of the Exodus, the third era in the eras of salvation history. And we'll see how God takes a people living in bondage in Egypt and creates the people of God. Thanks for joining us. We hope to see you next time on the Bible Readers Podcast.